Yo, where's the intro at, yo? I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Where's the music going? It's gonna get harder. Shit, I don't know. It depends on niggas' balls. You know, if niggas got big nuts like me, it's gonna get way harder. But shit, if niggas got little nuts, it's gonna start getting back to a different type of rap. You know what I'm saying? Partying and fucking and all of that type of shit because that's what we talk about when they don't let us talk about what we really want to talk about. So it depends. You can listen to the radio and listen to what niggas be talking about. And if they start talking that crazy shit, then it ain't cool. If niggas still talking that thug shit, you know, that hardcore shit, it's all good. But if they talking about, like, hitting, you know, all that crazy shit, you know, it, it ain't going to be like that. Not nothing's wrong with that, but there's something wrong with it if you think it's, that's hardcore. You know what I'm saying? I literally told him five I'm, seconds. I know. <laughs> I know. But anyways, listen, we ain't start with Saturday. Because we don't get in our political bag today. Yeah, and, just a little bit. And what Pac was talking about, well, first of all, welcome to the lineage. Good morning, guys. Yes, sir. Your boy. San Fran, what up? <laughs> Cut him off. <laughs> Go ahead. Jake. Your boy, DJ Katzenova. The boy, Young AK. Mr. Lieutenant Dan here with y'all. All right. But um, we don't get some political bag because you know what? We never really, really addressed, like... Or the protests, mm-hmm. right? Or the killings, right? Breonna Taylor, you know what I'm saying? Ahmaud Aubrey, Ahmaud Aubrey, and we 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 could list we could list names for like the podcast, but we not. Yeah, but um, I, I think I think it needs to be addressed, and I think what also needs to be addressed to Dan's point because this is this is really his idea was that um we talk about it in music. We we talk about the music a lot, you know, and it is never quote unquote hits, never quote unquote bangers. It don't get played on the radio, mm-hmm. right? Same thing Tupac was just saying. That was just Tupac. That was a clip from Tupac from uh you know what year that was, Dan? No, I think that was uh probably before he came on uh Death Row. Okay. Yeah, so, it was pretty early. Yeah. So and uh if you missed the clip, Tupac is pretty much saying, like, hey, like We'll we'll talk about what we want to talk about, how we really feel, and we ain't going to get no spins. But let's talk about some gangster shit. Let's talk about these hoes. Let's talk about you know, wet-ass pussies, and it's going to get mad plays on the radio. you know. But let's talk about police brutality and all the negative shit going on and all the things that no one really wants to address, and they don't get no spins. So that was I like how you took a little jab at uh, huh? Megan the Stallion and all that. So about wet ass pussies, I'm like, uh, you ain't low. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? But since the radio, the regular radio, mainstream radio, the Hot Nine Sevens, and I don't know the big uh, radio station in Cali, but um, we gonna spin it. Yeah, and I'm a little upset with uh, Mike Renaissance right now because he's supposed to be here. We talking political shit, yeah. and this is his mo. So yeah, yeah. I just text him like, "Yo, bro, we doing political shit. Come bring your ass yeah, to the studio." Even for the last half an hour. Yeah. Um, he took a little hiatus, but he'll be back for the last two episodes. So shout yeah. out to him. I want to get in my bag real quick. Go ahead. And right. uh, it's gonna sound a little uh, emotional, but I got to because it's one of those things that's emotional. Politics is emotional. So we're all everyone who's sitting here is. Of some kind of minority, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether it's by our color, our creed. This whole po- podcast, all, all our guests. Yeah, right. Outside um, of uh, the the white man from Queens. <laughs> um, so, like I was saying, color, creed, um, uh, financial situation, uh, which doesn't reflect our colors or anything. Um, but the times that we're in right now and... The situations that are going on at home and in our local areas are not new. No, right? not at all. It's been um, going on for years. What people in the United States faced in the 60s, 50s, 40s, 20s, that was uh, open racism, became became undercover racism. Covert racism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um 
and I try to be as apolitical. Uh, nah, fuck that. Uh, as as possible, nah, nah, <laughs> given that. our situation. But I think that there's a person in power right now who shall remain nameless, mm-hmm. who's uh, okayed it for it to um, be all you can be, uh, <laughs> and openly be uh, racist and all that. Um, but let's not lose the message of what people are doing peacefully and unpeacefully and the points that they're trying to get across as like the hot new topic for the week, yep. for the month. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, major radio, they sit there and they allow people to make a hot topic out of people's life situations where they'll come in, take a picture, smile, and then that'll be it. Like this has to be at the forefront and a continuous forefront until there's an actual equality, which is, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever reach a balance of equality between race and poverty and all that. I think we've uh, already went down that rabbit hole too far. But we cannot let this be the trend of the week. This cannot continue to be that. Uh, listen, like, it just can't. Yo, there's too many people dying. I have a I have a I have a two year old son who is as brown as me that I'm scared that when he gets older, and I hope he doesn't go through the same situations I did, and you know and not just that but like I feel like a lot of us especially given our situations that I came from the impoverished environment and I came from a I grew up in an all black neighborhood um, when Dominicans started getting to New York well not really but when we still really started becoming prevalent um, and I had to move move my maneuver my way through one type of culture to the next culture and try to assimilate so that I can move up. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't ever feel like I should have had to assimilate or change or try to be somebody else that I, I'm not. Who I am is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that that's what, you know, the, the view is. Like, oh, you don't speak Spanish? Yeah, I do, but I speak English. Oh, you want some salsa? Like, no, I don't want no fucking salsa. I don't I want, want that shit in my dip. I don't want that shit in my radio. I want some salsa. You do? Yeah, but, especially if Keys make salsa. But, but my point is, like, guys, this can't just be a topic of conversation when people want to be cool. Nah. And like you said, you have a son that's two years old. My son just turned 18 years old and just graduated from high school. And to point out, he's the first male in my immediate family to graduate high school. So I have three brothers i don't even know i got three brothers none of and including myself none of us graduated from high school so he's the first one and then now he's following my footsteps and he wants to join the military so he wants to join the air force but i like have to have a sit down with him like yo bro you like especially with the shit that i'm going through right now in the army like i'm not gonna say about it but like little bullshit like that but just like yo i've been in the army for 13 years and I've experienced racism, but not racism like forefront. Yes, yeah. like it's, it's never, always been like subtle hints because yeah, it's like yeah. things that happen to you that yeah. you notice aren't happening to white soldiers, and you're like, I wonder why that is. Like right. I've I've so, never done anything to you. I've never had an altercation with you. So why is this person getting this, or why are you acting this way with this person and not that way with me? Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of yours. So we all grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. I went to a school. That uh, in Queens, a high school in Queens, where at one point they said that the populace of that school spoke over 600 languages. 600 fucking languages. Right? What school was this? Newtown. Newtown. Where's that at? In Corona. Okay. Um, I did never experience racism until I came into the military. So, and I, and I want to piggyback off that, right? Like you said, we grew up in New York City. We grew, okay. We grew up in New York City. And... Um, for me, I never experienced like racism like in my face until I went to college upstate New York, right? Yeah. When 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 I was in Cortland, because you went in Cortland, I was up in Oswego for four years. Yeah. I'll when, tell you a story about that. And we, when you go to Cortland, you got the townies, and motherfuckers be cow tipping, and everything's all rural. The the game changes a little bit, right? You get you get followed around in Walmart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Why motherfuckers following me? Walmart, it's Walmart. Like, it's for every, it's for everybody. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like a mom and pop show where the owner's following you. You, you at Walmart? 
niggas is following you around. And and not even niggas at work at Walmart following you. It's other people just waiting to, yo, he, he still, like, I have money. Relax. So, I, I was like, Cortland's like probably like two hours. Two hours away from Oswego. Yeah, if not shorter. So, uh, there was a diner in Oswego. And when my wife used to come up to come see me, the rare times that she used to come up there and see me. Hey, hey, play nice. I know he's taking shots. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yo, so these people used to, they saw me in uniform. Treatment was like, oh, you're going to eat here for free. Yo. I showed up there with my wife, right? Yo, they served five or six people before they even served us. And, you know, being from New York, Shitty service is shitty service. You oh, yeah. never look at color. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never be like, oh, they that's didn't serve me because yeah, I'm that, that's very, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. And we're sitting there watching people get menus, and the whole nine, and we're like, what the fuck? So we just got up and left, and we never, my wife never experienced racism like that. And when I tell you, like the first time I experienced racism was recently, like blatant racism, mm-hmm. because I also want to say say something too, which it it. I don't want to take. I don't want to make anyone ever think that everybody's racist. Every white person is racist. We also have to understand that there's a level of exposure that people don't have. You know, I thought everybody was exposed as I was, or I thought I was as exposed as everyone else is. And when I started to travel and meet people from across this country, um, I realized that yo, I really haven't been really exposed to like white people like that. So. Two things I want to say about the army and when you wear green, right? Uh, I went to basic training in South Carolina, mm-hmm. Fort Jackson, and it's the same energy. You go out South Carolina with your green or your blues on, you all pay for this, I pay for that. It's all love because you're serving your country, and they do appreciate that, and I will not take that away from them. The moment you, you take, take that off. uniform off, you get followed around in Walmart, right? You're a coon. And- not you. Oh. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> and the, uh, the other thing I want to say, which I, I will give credit to the Army for because the Army is pretty diverse, but like one of my boys, um, Schroeder, I met him in basic. He's from South Dakota, if I'm not mistaken. Sometime in the middle of basic, he was telling me like, yo, bro, and me and him was mad cool. I, I want to preface with that. Mad, mad cool. I, you know what I'm saying? I still... Talk to him on the gram every now and again. And mm-hmm. We still talk. He said to me, I was the first black person he's ever had a conversation with. And that was in 2017 when I joined the Army. That's wow. When I was in basic in 2007, I met a dude. I remember we were sitting in reception. Like when you first get there, it was like the yeah. first night, spending the night when they give you your PTs yeah. and like you're in the room with everybody. You thought you joined the Army? And yeah. <laughs> and then there was this white dude sitting across in the bottom bunk for me. He was like staring at me. And then you know from New York, when people stand at you, he you're like, like, bro, what the a, fuck are you looking at? And he was like, oh, um, no, I apologize. It's just that I'd never seen a black person in person. Yeah. I don't remember where he was from because we didn't go to the same basic. Like we all went to the yeah. same place and then went different places. But I was like, how you never seen a black yeah. person? He's like, well, I love that. It's no black people. Yeah. I've never met a black person Sh- ever. Schroeder was telling me he's seen black people. He just never talked to them, you know, because he plays sports. Yeah. So of course you're gonna you're gonna play against black people, but he said he's never had a full blown conversation with black with another black person. That's crazy. That's that like blows my mind. That was 2017. Yo, so that's pe- even that's crazy. There's a shout out my Dominican people, right? So I get to basic. I went to Georgia. I went to basic in Georgia, and um, everybody was like, "What's what's your nationality?" You're, you're black, right? You're black and white. I was like, no. Like Mexican? No. Spanish. Like, where from? I'm like, Dominican. They're like, where the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, what? You don't know where DR is? I was like, I was like, some of your favorite baseball players are Dominican. Like or, yeah, for real. Big Poppy. Yeah. Or you know? Sammy Sosa was heavy at the time. So yeah. how do y'all not know that? Yeah. So you know, it just goes to show Dominicans, y'all got to start moving out. Like, the East Coast is not the only place in America. I got to start moving. And neither is Florida. For real. Or yeah. Rhode Island. Yeah. Heavy. Yes. And, yeah. oh, whoa, Massachusetts, too. Yes. Oh, my God. It's a yeah. huge Dominican yeah. population in Massachusetts. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy. Heavy. Um, so, what are we going to get into? All right. But to, want to talk about? To break it off for a second, like, just because we was talking about, you know, gave a little example from each of our lives. 
I'm going to play uh, Jay-Z's The Story of OJ because okay. it's pretty much like we're all in the military and it's like no matter where you go, like you're Dominican, you're from Grenada, I'm from fucking black. nowhere. <laughs> I'm from black. He's from black. So it's like no matter, like Jay-Z said, real nigga, full nigga, no matter, even in the army, you still, still a, a nigga, pretty yeah. much. Play the corners where the hustlers be. I told them, please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama rentin'. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. Uh, I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling, Dumbo. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga. Still nigga. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga. Still nigga. You wanna know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. You ever wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America? That's how they did it. Financial freedom, my only hope. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out is that I want to give a big shout out to Hove because Hove is very prevalent when it comes to social justice reform and social justice issues. I feel like he's one of the few artists that actually speaks on it and actually takes some kind of action. Him and Beyonce is very... Beyonce, Kanye too. Kanye yeah, talks, Kanye too. Kanye talks about that shit a lot, especially older Kanye. Talks about that shit a lot. But it's different talking about it and actually going and doing something that's about true. it that's because true. Kim is really big on it and like people bash Kim for being how she is but regardless of how she is she actually be putting in work so do you think it's genuine or you think it's a play no I think, I it's, think it's genuine, it, I think it's genuine. It, and either way even if it is a play she at least she's still doing it right it was like that's like if uh, it's better to have for, and for not motiv- need the need to not have what, where, where, no where do motivation. you think where do you guys think that like the biggest reform needs to come in our community, uh, oh, community. I think, and when I say our community, I mean like for for us as a whole, the hip hop community, the black and Hispanic community, everything. I think it needs to start in the the justice system first and the foremost. Criminal justice system, yes, because okay. because you can anything you do. So like, say it's still motherfuckers that's locked up for selling weed. Like I just read something. I I need to look it up to give uh, exact details, but somebody is in jail. From one of the southern states, I believe it's Mississippi, mm-hmm. for life because of the three strike law. He stole mm-hmm. uh, hedges, hemp, like mm-hmm. hemp. What the hell are they called? Trimmers. Trimmers. Hood, and he's trimmers. in jail for life. And they try to get it overturned. I forgot. I need to. I need to really look it up to see who it was. Was trying to get it overturned, and it was like, nah. I think it was like four to to one that said no. He needs to stay in jail for life. I, I think for me, it needs to start in the school system, right? Because. You only know what you taught, right? And we only know what our parents know, right? And we we just build on that. But I think two things. I think one, and, and shout outs to all the teachers, all the black teachers too. And I, I've seen a very uh, influx in the last maybe 10 years of young 
black teachers. So shout outs to y'all. When I was growing up, I had a lot of black teachers. Yeah, but it was like 90. No, I had young black teachers. Uh, like when I was in. Now you seen these teachers now? They bad. I, don't fuck with <laughs> I think no. I was in third grade. Miss Cherie. Shout out to Miss Cherie. I don't know how old she yeah. is now, but she was like mid 20s and she was fire. Okay. Yo, can, can I be inappropriate for a second? Yo, I had some bad white bitches teachers. Oh my God. Bad. You couldn't help yourself. Sh- shout out to them pink feet. So, but um, yeah. I, I think I think little things in school need to be taught. That's not taught. Job interviews, how to interview correctly, right? Like I, I, I'm an HR manager, and I have the ability to hire and fire people. And sometimes some of these black kids from Brooklyn that I interview, interview is trash, trash. It is trash. I believe it. And you know what I do? I, I, I tell them. I'll be like, Yo, I'm gonna be honest with you. Your interview is garbage. Your interview is garbage. But I, I could see one, you may need this, and two. You, you might be a good kid. Do not let me down, right? Because I think that's also important. Because the one thing I will give to other communities... Nepotism. Jewish communities, um, the Muslims. You know Chinese. Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm talking... Asians. I'm going to say Asians, yeah. not just Chinese. Because I don't right. know. I don't they, know they, they hold each other down, right? Mm-hmm. Even Dominicans, I would say that nah, too. Nah, nah. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I would say yeah. that too. But That's in, in her family, not... Nah, Yo, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Wait, wait. Let me finish my thought, ahead, right? Um, I will give a kid with a trash interview an opportunity to work because I'll let him know, like, hey, I'm, I'm the first interview. You got one more interview to go. This is what you did wrong. This is what I need you to do right, right? Because your interview was trash or it was mediocre at best. And I'm, I think I'm a pretty hard interviewer, right? I, I need you to do better at this. And then... If you actually get this job, do not let me down, right? Don't let me down. Because I could have really just said, hey, fuck you. And I didn't because you look like me. And I think giving those opportunities are important. So back to my original point, I think kids need to be taught life things, right? Like financial mm-hmm. literacy, right? How to, what to do with your credit score. You know what I mean? How to build your credit. You know what I'm saying? Fucking how to interview for a job. How to write a resume, you know, and, and it needs to be taken very seriously, and it needs to be part of the English courses, right? It don't like, oh, you guys want to teach cursive? No one fucking writes cursive no more. Yeah, right? like, yo, we have somebody in the office that writes cursive she's on like ninety. I know, and she and I tell her every day, I might like, stop writing in cursive. I cannot read that shit, no, no, and she still does it. No one, no, 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 no one writes in cursive no more. Stop teaching it, and it is a beautiful art, right? But make that a higher level education versus a. Uh, English 101 thing, right? English 101 should be, yo, how to, how to write a fucking resume. Yeah, it you should know? be a part of it. It should be like I a, think uh, English 101 needs to start with reading, which yeah. we don't, we don't, we're prevalent. We're, 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 and I, I we, we both got kids, so I know that we're, we're, we're in that generation of like books don't mean shit. Yeah, because I, I, I can tell you right now, I barely read in my free time. It, it'll be some books that'll catch my attention. I'll actually read it. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what happened or like how those kids don't know how to read that well. Like when I was growing up, like I knew how to read very well. And it wasn't like because I was just like some fucking smart ass kid in school. It was just like, I just knew how to read. And I was like, oh, okay. But I knew people that they get called on to read and then motherfuckers could not read for shit. Well, I think that goes back to what are you doing at home, right? Because right. learning doesn't stop in, at the school. That's so, true. So for me, right, um, I used to put uh, the criminal justice system and reform in the criminal justice system <clears throat> as the at the forefront of what needs to change, right? Then I started to realize, right, a lot of the fuckery that I did growing up, right, because I'm not this like fucking, I was never this good kid. Right, still not a good kid. Uh, not a good adult now. <laughs> good person. Um, try to be. Try to be. Um, I realized that I came from a generation of, I I am a generation of fatherless fathers trying to be fathers. Okay. Okay. Um, my father was incarcerated for eleven years. Um, drug charges, Rico case, the whole nine. Um. And being at home without a father, I looked for my father figure in all the wrong places. Right. Good mom, good everything, 
but I still needed more. Yeah, male presence is important. And right. so is female presence, but you need you need the balance. So what I say is that we need to stop glorifying the fuckery. Yeah. We need to stop glorifying the doing drugs. The doing the drugs. Selling we, drugs. Selling, selling the drugs. drugs. Abusing our community. And when I say abusing our community, abusing I mean our women. Exactly. Because these kids, and I am a I am Listen, I am that kid. So when I say this to you, I'm saying this from my heart. I am that kid that played in front of your building, that was out in front of your building when he was a teenager committing crimes. I became that kid that my mom said that she never wanted me to be. The kid that they were like, oh, you are not hanging out with him. Yeah. And yo, emotionally that hurt. When yeah. people's parents used to be like, nah, my son's not going out with you. No, hell no. They're not yeah. hanging out with you. You know, it's the worst when your parents realize there's nothing that they could have did differently. Yeah. It sure sucks. And thank God that somewhere along the line, I was fortunate enough to turn around my ways because I really got friends that caught bodies that ain't ever coming home. Like legitimately are never coming home. I got friends that didn't make it to go home. Like, killed on the way home. Like, real, like, real-life drama where I used to think, like, oh, my God, I'm safe, I'm home. And then it became these kids that I was friends with growing up with that we played basketball, played in the same parks together, that became enemies, and now we're both destroying our community. And they're going to jail. I'm possibly going to jail. I got the police coming to my house. And I'm just adding to that cycle Word. and we need to stop that we need to stop being the pollution to our own communities that's the biggest problem so now i want to ask you a question what's up so your personality not just your personality in general so coming from a black and brown person's perspective what do you think is more influential on growing up nature or nurture mm. because he said your dad was in jail for 11 years right mm -hmm. his dad is a cop right my dad died when I was nine years old, but my dad had two jobs, had seven kids, and was in everybody's lives. And so he had three wives. So his first wife, he had three kids with, and uh, one is 18 years older than me, the next one is 17 years older than me, and then the next one, 15 years older, and then nine years older. So he had four kids, but three with the first one, and then the next one, right. you know, you get it. So they had a, I had a large age gap with them, but he was in all of our lives. So when the nine years that I had with him before he passed, anytime we did anything, all of us was there. Right. The 17 year old, the 18 year old, the 15 year old, the one that was not like we did, we'd be in family pictures. You didn't know that my mom wasn't their mom right, because right, right. my dad always had them with us all the time. And my dad was the one on the block that if all of us was outside and y'all was hanging out with me and the ice cream truck came and we got ice cream mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, um, my close friends growing up, a lot of people from like uh, Lennox, you know, motherfuckers had it hard. So if me and my brothers got ice cream, my dad bought everybody on the block ice cream. Like my dad was that person on the block. Or, my my need, dad's name is Pee Wee. Hey, listen, we need more men like that. Yeah. Like, and that's like, I always wanted to be a police officer, like community policing. But my dad was like the community father. So mm -hmm. anytime we did anything, we'd go to the park. He'd be like, yo, can... Uh, can he go? Can Aquino come? Can Daniel? He'd be like, yeah, he could go. And we would go to Central Park because we lived two blocks from Central Park. It'd be 15 of us and my dad would be the only one yeah. playing in the park. We used to go play Monster all the time. So, nigga, I don't know why he used to do this. We used to get off work hella late. Nigga would take us to Central Park on 110th and 7th Avenue. It's like a park over there between 7th and 8th. And nigga would put us all in the swings and then run away. <laughs> and then be like making Monster noise. And we like, yo, what the fuck? And it would be like 10 of us and shit. But that shit was mad fun. Like, right. he was the father figure for everybody in my building that didn't have a father. Yeah. That's important. That's important. It's, what is it? It takes, a, it takes a village to raise, raise a kid? Mm -hmm. yeah. I believe that. So, to, to your answer, um, I, be, I believe it's bio nature. And when I say that, I think that... Um, Keep forgetting he's a psychology major, but go ahead. And him and I both have criminal justice degrees. Yeah, I have one of those too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be using my shit, but you know, right now I'm a, bah! <laughs> I'm a big joker. So I think it's bio nature. So I think that we take a lot of things that we don't see as adults uh, for granted. And that's one of the um, bio nature. I say it's the malnutrition, the malnutrition and like literally like the food that we're fucking eating because um, a lot of minorities grow up in, in impoverished neighborhoods. Right. So I eat chitlins. Basically. Grits. Not grits even is, just that. Yeah. Like, there's, a, there's, a, there's actually a, Listen, I know y'all love grits, 
But that shit's slave that's food, awesome. and I'm not eating that shit. Grits with hot I like grits. Chitlins is slave food. So that shit is gross. My wife likes grits, too. I love grits. You you couldn't pay me to eat chitlins, though. Couldn't pay me to eat grits. So a lot of families, what they end up doing is that you know, like there's a there's a good documentary, right? And it was more about like obesity in America, which we suffer from as as minority people. So what ends up happening is they're sick, right? So we're sick, but medicine costs more than what we can afford. And what what uh what good food is, we can't afford it. Like a Trader Joe's. It's expensive to shop at a Trader Joe's. Yeah. So what we'll do is and we'll go to McDonald's. Are you talking to a pescatarian myself and a vegetarian, a vegetarian myself over here? So and we know. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy now in Harlem on 125th and Lenox Avenue, there's a Whole Foods there now. And which is crazy because growing up, I would have never thought there'd be no fucking Whole Foods in Harlem. But now it's a Whole Foods there. And I'm appreciative of that because now black and brown people have access to better quality food. Right. right. But can they afford it? Right. Maybe now I feel like the way the wages are now compared to when I was growing up, you know, it, it keeps shifting. I don't shifting. think that they can, yeah. bro. I it, think it's getting really, I think, I think it's, it's actually getting worse. It, but no, but the thing that, okay, so now they can't really afford it now, right? Right. So now they go? Now they they're living in, ha- wait, but now they're living in Harlem and, you know, uh, rent and everything is rising. And then now they got to try to afford good food, Whole Foods, right? right? So that's like one struggle right there. But then now we'll come ho- with Whole Foods coming into Harlem comes gentrification so now white right. people are moving into Harlem and now they're pushing them out so and then not only that but then the, the the rent is raising so now they're like damn now I gotta try to figure out if I can make the rent or if I'm gonna get evicted and then try to worry about food and make oh right. and like so kids are growing up so I think kids are growing up malnourished right which doesn't help them while they're going to school or or you know coming into their own right and then the and then the second I think it's nature um we absorb so much as a kid um and with let me revert to that bio part like your your the biology of your makeup plays a lot and i think a lot of i think depression anxiety problems is very prevalent in the black and hispanic community i'm going to say brown because i i'm going to throw something in there for people who don't know what hispanic actually means later on um i think it's very prevalent i think a lot of mental disorders uh Mental disease, let's call it, is prevalent in our community, and we don't address it because, especially as a Hispanic person, uh, I can tell you that the answer to a kid having emotional problems is beating his ass. Yeah, not even just an emotional, just a, any of. I right. got my ass beat, and I wasn't even that bad. <laughs> so, the kids that that were in the like for me and you who are in that exact same age bracket, the kids that were in the special ed class, they, it wasn't that they couldn't learn. Is that they, be, they their behaviors were fucking atrocious? Mm-hmm. It wasn't they were idiots? They were just bad kids. And then you look, you really hung out with these kids. You're like, yo, you're not stupid. You just have no fucking home training. Yeah. And why are you acting like that? So, and that goes back to the other point, right? So, if you want to feed your kids well, you want to do the rent thing and make sure you have a roof over your head, but you can't afford it. What do you do? You work more. Mm-hmm. Right now, you work more. You put yourself in a position where you spend less time with your kids. Exactly, and it's, it's just a never-ending cycle. Mm-hmm. But for uh, us, but go ahead. Before man, the, before the horn go off, let me. Uh, I'm gonna get into some Meek Mill. Stay woke with Miguel. How I keep from going under. Yeah, it's like a jungle outside. Sometimes I wonder how I keep from going under. Uh, we scream Black Lives Matter, but we still towing ladders. Watching our own brothers trying to get at us Dreams get shattered when a scene full of crackers And they charge you with some shit you ain't do You like what happened? We go get lawyers, say shit, we don't know how to talk They taught us to hate each other before we learn how to walk Mama taught you how to fight, fight before she taught you how to write, write And daddy locked down in the cell, can't kiss you night, night My son's in the bed, every night feel like a fright night Coke fumes in the air, mama holding on that pipe tight And you catch a contact, but never mind that In a world where black is wrong and white, right? It's like a combat, we go to war for our freedom They say we equal, I used to want to play like Randall and be an eagle I used to play the quarterback, my dog would go receiver That was to the ball, got flat by a dope needle on a pavement It's amazing, this environment we was raised in On them papers, one mistake and I'm getting caged And you gotta feel me, feel like the system trying to kill me Got arrested and the charge was at one For popping with the state war for us to fail. still prevail through that Yeah, can you believe it? We're still on Though it's designed for us to know 
With some tats on my face Taking a bunch of zannies with a strap on my waist Pointing it at the camera like my man teach me manners Trying to see more bills like I'm headed to Alabama No way, I can't judge them, I'm just trying to understand them Cause I used to pop perks, pour purple in my phantom Had me swerving in my phantom like I'm running from my dreams I was headed for the slammer, I was playing all the Z's for them to bury me I had my whole family mad at me Fell deep in love with the game and it married me Just said I'd give you a chance what you turn your uh, oh i'm just bugging i was like what did you turn your mic down or whatever but it was me 40 what's up 40 or 39 room oh this is room 20 1919 my fault so uh we was just talking about the state of america right now and it's one thing i want to say so if you don't have it already or if you don't know about it, you should look up on Instagram. It's a page called Karen's Gone Wild. Wilds with an S at the end. This fucking page is crazy. So it's all all of this is videos of other people, not other people, of people, Kev, Kevin's and Karen's just like addressing black people for no reason. If there's people just minding their business, people in front of their homes just doing mad shit. And it's Yo. just like they just... Coming out of nowhere. Yo, Yo. what's good, Mandem? Yo, thir- third eye Mike stepped in the, into the booth right now. You like that? <laughs> but yeah, so it's an Instagram page called Karen's Gone Wild. And it's just videos of Karen's and Kevin's bugging about, you know, with the whole Corona thing going on. So it's like people not wanting to wear their mask and black people being in certain neighborhoods and people following them. Like, what are you doing over here? Like shit like that. And the state of America right now is ridiculous. And I'm going to say it. I honestly think it's because of Trump. I feel like Trump gave racist okay. people, Check. neo-Nazis, the green light to be like, yo, if you feel this way, fuck it. Let your voice be heard. First Amendment. And that's everybody's excuse. Oh, I have the right to say what I want. You don't have the right to be ignorant. They so, do, though, because that's first. But fuck that. So what I want to do real quick, right? I want Mike to speak very quickly, right, on some two things. One, how he feels about rap and hip-hop and how he feels about the state of america and blacks and i just want to see if he hits similar points i know he's going to hit some points we didn't hit but i have a feeling he's just going to talk about the same shit we were just talking about for 30 minutes hold on can we get a round of applause round of applause for what my man mike oh my fault i I know i wish you would have told me man it's been been a little wait here we go here we go here mikey Third Eye Mike is in the building. Yo. It was good, bruv. Shit. Um, thank y'all. I'm saying, no, uh, first, just thank y'all for um, allowing me to take the time to have a break from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was uh, I was grieving the loss of a family member. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for understanding that. You know what I mean? Uh, it, feels, it feels good to be back. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to uh, make this a regular thing again. You know what I'm saying? Um, I miss it. Yeah, I mean the show's almost over, but you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, so you said to talk about hip hop, how you feel about hip hop is uh, like you know talking about and influencing what what level hip hop um has and the impact. Like, do do the political shit get plays? Do get spins? Do no. No, not at all. But we know he's he's really big on the political type of music, and yeah. we always fuck around. Fuck out of here! Yeah. Turn that shit talk, off, yo. Talk, 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 Sharif, talk about that for, for, <laughs> Sharif, for, for a little bit, and then it's just cause, you could you understand it's because the the more the more you can like degrade and like demoralize. Um, is it your phone going off? <laughs> I was like, what is that? But now the, the more you can the more you can degrade, degrade and like demoralize like a, a society. Um. You don't. You don't want like okay. So like once upon a time, like in the golden era, you had like the Rakims and the Chuck D's, and like the message was so powerful and and pertinent to what was going on. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the industry just slowly like deteriorated that. So it's like you know they don't want any polarizing like you know powerful figures like at the forefront of of, of the culture. And when do you think that actually happened? Like what what's point in time? Or what artists do you think transition hip hop that you, way? You can make the argument with that, like with gangster rap. And that's so, like NWA. And yeah. that's what Tupac was talking about. Yeah, 
Sure. I mean, well, because Tupac died in nine six, and then Biggie died in nine seven. So from what year did NWA come out? Did they come out before he died? Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah, might. It was, uh, well, I guess it, I guess it was at the same time, kind of. But like once Biggie and it was, Pac it was, was like gone. right after Rock him and them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But basically, it's basically what. I'll send you that. I'll tell, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you, I mean, like, oh, it was like a share? second of silence. You could just yeah, share yeah. it with the Yeah, class. so I don't want to cut him off, but um, if y'all get a chance, go to businessinsider.com. And it says, uh, the for- a former music exec describes a scary meeting that resulted in today's violent rap music and their goals to uh, change impressionable listeners into pr- uh, prison-bound degenerates. And who, who was this? Uh this is an old article from 2012, but it basically talks about like how record execs said, hey, we're going to push this gangster rap and we're going to push not only to get money from this gangster rap, but push it so it could be the soundtrack to pushing people into prisons. Because prison is the new form of slavery. It's big business. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Talk to him. It's big business. But yeah, so all right. So basically, on the strength of what he was saying is that when you have like when there's a message in the music and like there's a positive image, then you know, hip hop is a very influential culture. Mm-hmm. So if, if everyone's like talking some positive stuff and you know having a message and stuff like that, mm-hmm. versus if you look at like the rappers of today, where it's like you know there's a there's a formula for like a, a rap verse now. Yeah, you know uh, I fuck your bitch. I sell drugs. I get money. I'm in a trap. I get money. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And you, and you do that for generations and generations, then it's going to have an effect on what hip-hop is doing. And most devs said, like, whatever hip-hop is, whatever the streets is doing, then that's what hip-hop is doing. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. If hip-hop is, is doped out and smoke, you know what I'm saying, and doing pills and lean and shit like that, then that's that's what the, the culture is going to reflect. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, know, you know what's crazy? Go ahead. What you was going to say? So I have a question. Mm-hmm. I think hip hop has a lot of influence right now, right? Like yeah. it's the biggest genre in the world right now. Of course, yeah. Do you feel like we have enough influence to make a turn and just straight talk, straight talk political shit and it still has the same influence? Yes and no. I feel like it's a small crowd of kids that would actually like take that in. But I feel like for the most part, no. We got saying too, cultural appropriation. So like yeah. a lot of a lot of majority hip hop fans is that. not it's not of the hood. I was going to say, it's, it's a lot of like community across seas, like a lot of white kids, a lot of Asian kids and listening they, to rap. They, want, they, want, like they want the culture. They want, yeah. you know, everything, you know, things of that nature, but, you know, they don't want to. But then, and the, the thing that benefits them is that they're not a part of that. So they can just live that by listening to music exactly. and then go yeah. back to regular life. As for fucking, I'm, a, I'm about to be a little racist. Daquan is fucking listening to, I'm going to shoot shit up and I'm going mm-hmm. you know, to sell drugs. And he's like, damn, that shit is right outside my it's, window. It's a reality, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen, I want to say something. I, and I don't think this gets said enough. Mm-hmm. People who are living that life do not want to live that life. There's it's some people that There's do. some. But listen, I'm telling you, like if you... Had real beef yeah. where you're like scared to go out and fucking you can't go here. You can't go there. You're incognito going here. Nobody. Come on, man. Let's stop glorifying the bullshit. And, and then here's the thing, too. One time, like rappers and they, and they prominence, like like the errors, like rock him and all that stuff. Like the drug dealers and the real gangsters like laughed at rappers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like y'all just putting words together and shit like that. But then once it became like, like when gangster rap came out, it was like, oh, okay, I, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I could legally make money without the risk of going to jail from selling crack. Yeah, I can talk about it. I can talk about what you're doing yeah, and exactly. capitalize yeah. off of it. So my, my question to you guys, because you guys will know way better than me, mm-hmm. right? To what Dan said, like, all right, kids or people, they'll be in the hood living these lives and they don't really want to live it, right? Yeah. Can you compare that to motherfuckers going to Iraq, being all ho ho, yeah, yo, we're going to kill these people, we're going to do this, we're going to do that in the moment because mentally you have to be in that mental state to 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 survive, right? Because if you're not, you're not going to make it. And then when you finally get home and that's not your reality anymore, mm-hmm. it breaks you. 
You know what's crazy? To touch on that. I don't know. I think I probably need to see a psych. I've never had that mentality. Like, I was very strong on or, like, very specific on me separating myself from being in the service. So I met a lot of people that came into the Army, especially on active duty. It's a fucking whole different beast. But coming in and becoming totally institutionalized, like a totally different person, like a fucking robot. And I made sure to maintain my own personality while I was in military. So it was never like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go over there. So like a, a really big issue for me, like dealing with detainees. I fucking hate when people call detainees tainers. Be- it's like when people called uh, Vietnamese people gooks or mm-hmm. Japs and shit like that. It's dehumanizing them mm-hmm. so that makes it easier for you to kill them. And I always maintain the fact that I would never do that or like, oh, what do they call like uh, Middle Eastern people, like ragheads and hajis and shit like that. Anytime anybody ever did that, I always corrected them like, yo, nah, like we're not, we not going to do that. But me being low rank and that shit didn't really hit. But me as a sergeant now, I was instilling that shit. So last deployment I had, I had somebody that would always be, oh, these tainers. I used to tell that motherfucker all the time, like, bro, I'm going to fucking tell you one more time. Stop fucking saying that shit around me. I, I was literally treating it as if it was if he was saying the N word and he yeah. was a white dude. I was like, bro, we we not on that type of time. You want to say that shit? You can say that shit in front of other white sergeants when I'm not around. But you say that shit around me, I promise you, I'm going to counsel your ass. And you guilty of that. That's why you're looking at me <laughs> like that. I hate when people say that shit. Yo, listen. Um, so, like I told you before, like, I, I, I looked for, uh, like, a father figure in all these wrong places, right? And I glorified this, like, street life for a very long time, for mm. a very big part of my life. Right. And with that came gangs and came came other shit. Right. So like like my father was a gang member. Okay. Uh, he was and, I, and I'll speak on it. Like uh, my father was brought down in like um, when Nine Kings were brought down Operation Crown in New York City. Um, and a lot of them got locked up. Um, and I, I continued that that whole. I perpetuated that cycle, like I said, so, yeah. For, for a very big part of my life. And, and that was the warning to belong. So when I escaped that life was the warning to belong of this culture, of this military culture, right? So, uh, but I had my mom and my mom, my mom and my grandmother were always my rocks. And they said, don't ever treat people how you wouldn't want to be treated. You're, you're not God. So you didn't give these people life. You don't know what they're guilty of. Don't turn out to be something that you're not to fit in. And I take that to heart because I am, I'm just a a, 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 a grain of salt in the bigger picture of life. An ant. Yeah. So I can't sit here and say whether what I do, whatever, whatever, what my country does is right or wrong, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about like, secular religion and we talk about the bill of rights and trying to instill a democratic system in other countries and whatnot that's not my place to do that um but i'm a believer that uh my identity isn't what i put on this uniform my identity is who i am as a person and i try to be as genuine as a human being that i can be because i will never i will always want the same back to me and i'll always want to lend a helping hand and i feel that i've heard so many unicorn stories about like world war ii where nazis and american soldiers put down their guns and sat out around at a a christmas table and ate so um no to to answer your question no it's not like being in the field it's not like being in that field and being in this field because when i was in that field death was around the corner and i didn't know who was gonna kill me and when i was at home and it was the field I knew who, who who was willing to kill me and what the reason they were willing to kill me for. Mm. And I and and the saddest part was probably half of these motherfuckers my mom knew. Cause we were all kids together. And it's crazy what 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 you know the, the uh, span of five, six, seven years and gangbanging and, and destroying your community can do to you and can do to these people. And it's it's one one level of post-traumatic stress after another. And I suffer from that bad anxiety and 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 all that. And you know, being in the military wasn't the first place that I seen my friends die. See, I had friends die before I joined the military. I had friends die at parties, get shot at a party right Me in the too. fucking. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I grew up around that environment. I'll never glorify it. Like, y'all, y'all that know me know that I'm like a fucking practical jokester. Like, that is who I am. But like, this is where I really came from. So, no, I can't identify with, hey, yeah, this is something I put on and this is who I am. But no, the, 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 the in-between is, yo, this is who I am. I'm not a bad person. So I don't ever want to be viewed as a bad person. I, it's it's all jokes, but like, let, let's play a song. Let's play a song. But I, I definitely, I definitely have something to to piggyback on that once mm-hmm. once we come back from the song. Because right. you ready? Hold on. Before, before you do that though, so early when he asked me, right? And then I'll keep it as short as possible before you get to the song. Is that the the feminization, the uh, the demoralizing of hip-hop is all a part of the plan it's all a part of the plan because hip-hop is a predominantly what culture male a heterosexual male a heterosexual black male culture black male culture yep. so the more you can put the more the more the more artists you put at the forefront that are uh, that don't give you a message don't give you anything educated don't give you anything feasible or something you can stand on with substance then the more it's going to be emulated and the more it's going to demoralize the culture and society as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it's all a plan. All a plan. And, and we can see little things like that with people like Nas, who is not as big as he probably should be, and Nas is big. Right. I would never take away from that. He's yeah. pretty big. He's not as big as he probably should be because he went against the grain and he always talked about what was going on in his community. Mm-hmm. But all right. Speaking of Nas, Danny, I think uh, Danny, you gonna play some Nas? This is uh, Nas, uh, My Country, off the Stokematic album. Let's go. American born, American raised, American made. My country, shit is my country. She wants to get rid of me. Because of things I see, we know too much. Of the things I see, we see too much. My country, shit in my country. She wants to get rid of me. Never. Because of things I see, we know too much. Of the things I see, we see too much. Ayo, it's packed on this Rikers bus. The tightest cuffs is holding me shackled. The life of a thug caught in the devil's lasso. On the streets, I was invincible. Cowards were ducking a glimpse if they knew what my pistol would do. A fucking killer. Mothers are dope, being embarrassing me. All in front of my friends in the streets. Smile with no teeth, I never knew daddy Heard he had a 72 caddy Died in the robbery, can't remember him Was probably three, why did my folks just Die in this society, why wasn't I a child Of a doctor who left stocks for me Two little brothers, two sisters, I'm sure these guys To eat, mother's a junkie, she twisted So all they got is me, I'm the provider With goals to do much better than my father Whether through drug souls or holding revolvers Blurry visions of dad holding me high It comes to me slowly, the words He would cry, my country Shit in my, my country, she wants to get rid of me never because of things I see we know too much of things I see we see too much my country shit in my country she wants to get rid of me never because of things I see we know too much of things I see we see too much so yeah like uh, we was just talking behind the scenes I was saying that I feel like the reason why Nas wasn't as successful as Jay is because Jay was able to move across the spectrum when it comes to like rapping about uh, money and drugs and women and to some conscious shit. And Nas was pretty much mostly always on a conscious tip. And I feel like his really big songs were songs that were not conscious, like Hate Me Now and then what else? Like Street Dreams, like yeah, shit that like genuine that. genuine song. Yeah, this mm-hmm. shit with genuine. It was talking about women. Yeah. That you owe Sorry. me. So like that? Does that some, sound like genuine? Some something yeah. that Dan Thank said you. before the break hit me, and I was like, "Hey, between this version of me and that version of me, I'm a, I'm a good person." Mm-hmm. And I think the perception of black and brown people around the country is that we're not good people. We're demonized. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. and it's not just around the country. That's too. around the fucking world. Word. That's yeah. around the world. Because yeah, honestly, it, it, uh, I'm gonna cut you up. I just want to share this. So like. I've been to Europe, right? I've been to 16 different European countries. And I, when I would go on my travels, I'd meet, you know, I'd meet women, like go on Tinder and just meet somebody. And I wouldn't even sleep with them sometimes. Just like hang out with them, just to chop it up. I don't know. I guess it's their culture. But like I'll tell, I'll tell you this to my fiance all the time. My fiance is Russian. She's very fucking literal 
So when she says something or if I say something, like, that's what I mean. It's mm. no, like, no sarcasm behind it. It's like, oh, my God, you fucking stupid. Like, you know, when I say the joke, she'd be like, why you call me stupid? I'm like, well, like, I'm, I got to explain to her that I'm joking. So when I would meet women, this has been asked by, for about me so many times. Like, oh, you got mad baby mothers? Oh, you sell drugs? I'm like, why? Where do you think? Like, this is conversations I would have with women in Europe. Different countries, like Croatia and shit like that. They're like, oh no, I like I heard black people was like ghetto and they're like hood and like you be shooting gun. Like I've had this conversation many times. And then once with a black girl randomly in North Carolina, she was like, Oh, are you a rapper? You sell drugs? And I was like, I was on AT. And I was like, what the fuck? Wingman in it with some one of my boys. And I was like, yo, bro, I'm out. Like, what kind of fucking questions is this? So, and it's funny that you say that, but how many times have all our mothers told us don't say the word stupid for real yeah for real yeah yo that's not nice don't say the word stupid because we desensitize ourselves and we dumb down certain things and we downplay certain words stupid right (laughs) y'all know i say that that's why i said it like that because that's how you say (laughs) i say stupid all the time right but it's 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 not and for lack of a better word it's, it's not nice no, right? it's not. And we, we really should not be talking to each other like that, right? Like, yo, 100%. kings, we we kings. You know what I'm saying? 100%. We we came from love and we kings and we got to treat each other as such and we got to talk to each other better because even little things like that on the outside looking in, especially in other cultures, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they hear us. They hear us talking that. to each other. Oh, you stupid. You you idiot. Duh, 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 duh. And, and I'm super guilty of that shit, right? But, and it's funny. Right, because we know, we know if I if I call David, if I call you stupid, it's not because I I mean yeah you're, you're stupid. But you know what too though, unfortunately, is that like self hatred is is was so ingrained in us though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, and that, and that, and that was how not, how long was this this big battle? I think it I think it just recently, maybe the last five ten years, stopped the battle between light skin and dark skin people. No, that, that that still goes on. No, but that, no, that I, I get on. what he mean. No, but yeah. like back early two thousands, oh, even like eighties, yeah, 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 that yeah, sh- yeah. like yeah. especially in the eighties, yeah. I just remember growing up that like dark skin people, oh, your lessons played out, hated fucking light skin motherfuckers <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> they just they looked at light skin people as like how, more attractive, as like, house yeah. niggas, yeah. No, but no, not even That's more. Just like more attractive. But it was like, oh, you light skin, you gonna get all the bitches, and the third is like because we 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 were conditioned, yeah, already to think. For generations that, that light was better that light was better yeah also too um you mentioned jay-z earlier about like him broadening the spectrum but another thing too is that like the industry industry like railroaded that shit like they controlled like the narrative so jay-z said like yo i want to rhyme like the roots but my bills are through the roof so he said yo, he said i can't rap consciously and politically like the roots yeah right mm-hmm. oh yeah he did say that and he said also, he said, um, I want to rhyme like common sense. Mm-hmm. But I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. Mm-hmm. It's a five mil. Mike. Mil. Mil. Mm, we'll have to look it up. Let's get to the point. It, it, it's, it's money. <laughs> and then uh, we said, he said, um, if, if truth be told, if lyrics sold, I'd probably be lyrically Talib Kweli. Yep. He said that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like the industry directed and controlled that narrative for years. And they, and they still do. I've heard Jay-Z say in interviews that I dumbed down my music. Yeah, because I have to. Yo, yeah. look, look at look at Jay now. We spent about now, like that's what Jay shit. always wanted to be. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because Jay's from the era like he was inspired by the Rock Hims and the KRS ones. You know what I'm saying? Where it was like there was it was to uplift the people. You know what I mean? And that goes back to selling crack in our community, mm-hmm. right? Like we all knew selling crack was bad, right? We knew it was we knew it was horrible. But well, we did it because it was a business I, move. You, I never saw crack. Just to make that very clear. So <laughs> no, I'm saying us as a people. But that wasn't planted into the community, though. Yeah. And that's another story. But we, only, we only got one minute left. <laughs> yeah, I think. And that's crazy because I feel like this is one of the fastest episodes because Danny wouldn't shut the fuck up. But I appreciate all the words that you had. Uh, San Francisco, follow me at DJ Katsanova on follow, Instagram. Follow your boy, Young AK. Uh, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, Grandpa underscore AK. At my Renaissance. Danny, you got Instagram? Hell no. But listen, follow the righteous path. Go, be good people at all times. What, what song are we doing to take us out? Tupac Changes. All right. Yeah. Yo, wake up.
I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get a crack to the kids who the hell care. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship them, don't let them deal with brothers. Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight.